Evening, everybody. It'd be good for you to keep that passage open in front of you because I'm going to look at it right away. Actually, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to help us understand uh, this part of his word, but understand praise uh, more to the point as we look at lots of parts of his word. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this time tonight uh, in your word. Please give us your spirit uh, to speak to us. Lord, help me be able to explain your word clearly. Lord, help us to understand praise and how to praise you. And Lord, we pray that you might help us respond rightly in Jesus' name. Amen. In that reading we just had, Peter gives us four titles to describe believers. I've lost my point, my point already. I was looking in a different Bible before. Um, yes, he talks about how they are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation and God's special possession. Now, even if you don't know what those words mean or those terms mean, they sound pretty good, don't they? Well, they've got royal and special treasured possession. They're great descriptions. I wouldn't mind having some of those described about me. They're rich indeed. And the reason that they're rich is that they come from God himself. They're God's description of his people. It actually comes from Exodus 19, when God saved his people, Israel, out of Egypt. And I think we've got it there on the slide coming through eventually. We've been chosen for praise. And then Exodus 19, Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Sounds like Peter's been reading Exodus. Uh, That's where these terms come from. God's precious people. They're precious and it's displayed by the fact that he has saved them out of Egypt. He saved them out of slavery. They were owned by a different people. They're now owned by God. They were slaves and laboured with their hands and now they're kingly priests to serve not an evil regime but to serve God himself. Now priests are mediators. They're go-between people. Uh, Priests represent people to God and represent God to the people. And this nation are going to be a whole nation of representatives of God to represent God to the world. They're the ones that God has chosen to to display God, to to roll out God to the rest of the world. Not sure what you would choose or what you do choose when you want to display yourself to the whole world. Uh, Presumably you would start an Instagram account or a TikTok account, uh, or reinvigorate your MySpace account. (laughs) Does anyone still have a MySpace account that's active? No, not at all. Uh, You would choose carefully the thing that would represent who you are and what you would put up there as well, what photo that you choose to use that 
perspective employer might see one time you'll think about that you won't have that picture when you had french fries up your nostrils uh, and when you were five years old and all sorts of things like that what do you choose when you want to display yourself to the world god chooses this nation of israel they're like a living diorama of god of what god is like to the world And they do it, well, Peter tells us, by proclaiming the glories or the, uh, sorry, verse 9, but you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. They, They do it by declaring his praises. And that's what we've been seeing across the discipleship series. Uh, the, lived, the life lived out of obedience that is a different life a life of generosity a life of prayerful dependence upon God one where the people speak praises to God such that the world can look in and go God is an amazing God given the way his people live and the way that they speak and so we look at praise what is praise? Well, we have to understand a little bit about what praise is. Uh, it's a word that occurs lots of times in the Bible, but we need to understand it because it's the role that Israel, Israel have and then it flows through to us. And so we need to see where it, what it means. If you do a search on praise on BibleGateway.com, which I commend to you wonderfully for getting quickly into the Bible, BibleGateway.com, uh, if you look it up in, just in the English, you'll find that there's 307 occurrences of the English word praise in the NIV. The Psalms, uh, sorry, that's in the Old Testament, this is 307. The Psalms provide 182 of those references. So it's in first place. And second place, does anyone know who, who might be in second place? This praise? That's right, Isaiah. Someone said Isaiah, I'm sure. Uh, with 20. So you've got 182 in first place. So if you're going to find out about praise, let's go to the Psalms. And you're actually going to do some work here. On this next slide, you'll see a QR code. And this is where you should get out your devices uh, if you have them and scan this code. It'll take you to a page I prepared for you earlier. Uh, do that now. Uh, I'll show you another, if you don't have a device, that's okay. I'll show you another page you can go to. Um, And I've roughly categorised all these occurrences of praise in the Psalms, and they're not all theirs, but a good chunk of them, uh, into categories. And what I'll get you to do, and maybe we'll flick through to the next page, which has also got the the code on it. If you don't have um, a device and want to use a good old paper Bible, there's some passages you can look at in the Psalms, That just a couple of the ones that I've got on, on my list. And let's have a look at what do these passages teach us about praising God? Okay, now you've got to do the hard work. This is, you know, this is not holiday time, even though it is holiday time. Um, just in ones or twos or on your own or, or, or with a couple of other people. Um, if you're not used to reading the Bible, then this is a good chance to, to look in on someone's shoulder, what they're doing, how they do it. Um, this is, if you've been, ever been to mid-year conference, you know, this is exactly what we do at mid-year conference. We'd, here's 182 verses. Go look them all up and um, come back tomorrow and we'll give you some food or something like that. No, it's not like that. Uh, but we work hard on it. And uh, what I'll, you've probably already found a couple. 
that's good. What I'll get you to do is just shout out some of the things that you found uh, under those um, little categories about praise. Oh, I've got a sheet of them here so I can tick them off. Okay, alrighty. Who's going to lead us off? Singing praise to the Lord. Yes. What category is that one under? Or the how to do it? Singing. Yep. What's another one? Give thanks to the Lord. He's good. Yeah, it's his character. His love's enduring forever. Now, that one gets repeated a lot in the Psalms. You can't miss that one, and that's an important one. Give us another couple. A couple. Emily, again? Yeah, yeah. Where do you do it? Amongst the nations. Yeah. Tell, praise God amongst the nations. Yep. The works he's done. Yeah. The, the saving works especially of saving his people out of Egypt, saving from the enemy, saving from, from slavery to make them his people. Yep. One more. Oh, oh, there's more than, oh, this is great. Confusion. Go for it. Who is that? Go for it. To be feared above all gods. Yep. And we'll go with the other one. Glorifying him in thanksgiving is what is happening in the praise. You see there's, there's a lot, of, and if we go to the next page, uh, you'll see there are the categories if you didn't see them already. Uh, there are reasons why, why praise. There's stacks of reasons why to praise. Um, how to do it. How often to do it? Like every day, day by day, all of your life, as long as I have breath. Praise the Lord. Whereabouts? Amongst the nations, amongst God's people, uh, wherever you might be. What's the result? Well, that, that God is honoured, that God is glorified. What time? What time? Oh, yeah, all the time. And there's a few interesting... Anyone look up any... No, we won't go into the interesting ones. Very interesting ones about uh, praise that didn't fit under, mis- uh, under any other categories. Um, there's lots of stuff that's happening. There's lots of ways of praising to understanding about praise because this is the task, this is the job that Israel have. This is who they're called to be. They're called to be the ones, the people who praise God. They've got to know how to do that well and what it, uh, what it looks like. Now, before we keep uh, going, we need to understand further where praise is directed to and you might have picked up this even just in this little glimpse though uh, it takes a little bit more reading where is praise directed it's actually quite interesting we think that praise in the bible is always directed to god but it's actually rarely directed to god it is directed to god it's actually directed to each other about god and that's important Yes, we praise God, we give thanks to God, we, we call out praise to him, but most of the time it's horizontally to one another. So when I praise God to you, when I praise God in the congregation, I'm telling you how wonderful God is. God is listening, God is watching in, but he's wanting us to hear from each other how great he is. It's not all about us telling God how great he is, it's us telling each other. There's a good 
uh, article I'll point you to. It's actually linked on that page and you can take it away and look at it. There's a little snippet from it by Tony Payne. This is what praise is. It's letting everyone know just how excellent and praiseworthy God is by telling forth his mighty acts. And because God is indeed very, very praiseworthy, we'll tend to advertise his greatness with everything we've got. We've got the lyre and the cymbals and all other joyful noisemakers we can throw at the situation. We'll advertise with joy and celebration to maximum effect and we'll feel gladness and appreciation and love in our hearts to do so, as, as we do so. But what we're really doing when we praise God is advertising the details of his greatness to others. Or as the article is, is titled, praise is making God bigger. We talk to each other about how, God is, how good God is and all about him to make him bigger and to make him bigger in a world that's trying to make him smaller. This is the task that Israel has. It's huge in its complexity and all the facets of it. So as you go throughout your life from day to day, as you get up in the morning and have breakfast with people at your, at your table, your family, you can praise God. I had a great sleep last night, thanks to the Lord. As you travel to wherever you're travelling to, uh, you can talk with others about what, God, what, you, what you're hoping ahead of you in the day. As you teach a Sunday school, you're praising God. As you talk to one another over supper, uh, and as you just point to the things that you've been learning, uh, you point to the things that you'd wish you'd learnt, that you haven't learnt, uh, you point to the things about God that, that you're thinking through, you're drawing people's attention to God. That's praise of God. But Israel failed to do that. They failed to be that diorama, that exposure of God to the world. Why did they? Well, Peter puts it uh, this way in 1 Peter 2. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. Don't worry about what that is, it's in the the previous part of the passage, they stumble because they disobeyed the message, which is also what they were destined for. What's happening here with this stumbling stone? We'll have to listen to that talk another time. But I think what's happening here is it's Israel's pride, their pride gets in the road. They stumble over their pride. See, who were they as a people? Well, they were a people who were a bunch of slaves in Egypt and God saved them out only by his mercy. In fact, he tells them in Deuteronomy, I didn't choose you because you're a numerous people. In fact, you're some of the least people on the earth. There's nothing great about you. But by this stage, they thought, we're a pretty good people. In fact, we're a pretty good people. We probably don't even need God. In fact, they were beginning to make some pretty some pretty good international alliances with other nations. And they, had a, they didn't have the, the best military in the world, but they were very clever and they were wealthy and they were secure and they didn't need to talk about God, Yahweh, as the only God. And they certainly didn't want to remember themselves as slaves in Egypt. In their pride, they forgot who they were. Because of sin. It's the same sin here in 1 Peter 2, 
the sin that wars against your soul. See there in verse 11, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. When you hear that, you think of things like greed, lust, violence, anger. And sure, those things are sin that wages war against your soul, but it's the desires that war against your soul, that war against you being who God has called you to be, those who shine out his praise. And when it comes to the the area of speaking, we know that all too true. How difficult is it to actually really speak about God and the goodness of God and what he's done? It's terrifically difficult, isn't it? Even with each other. We don't, it's, it's, it's hard work. And if you ever tried to do it, and you're like, oh, I want to just talk to each other after, over supper about you know, what, um, what I've been learning about God. It, it's a bit like you know, trying to write with your left hand. When you're right-handed, that is. I'm actually left-handed, so it looks fine by me. But, you know, it just, like, just comes out all wrong. It's like, oh, I don't want to try that again. It's because of sin. It's not that we are, not that everything we say is like swearing or, 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 or uh, something evil. It's just that the whole of the world is tilted against and away from God. Everything that is in us, is infected by sin and our speech as well. You want to talk about God and everything about God just rolls off the table, doesn't it? It's gone because we're tilted away from God. Our desires are not for God. They don't roll towards God. That's normal. That's our normal everyday world. That's our normal everyday way that we are. Not because we are especially sinful, but we live in a world of sin. And that's what happened to Israel. What we need is a renewed vision of who we are. And more than that, we need a vision for praise and the vision for God's mercy on us in Christ. You can see it there in verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now... You are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, we are a chosen people, but only on the basis of God's mercy for us. Only on the basis of God's mercy. It's what Israel forgot and lost sight of. We are only right with God because of his mercy on us in Christ. Earlier on in chapter 1 and 2, Peter talks about it as being born again. We've been born again into this inheritance that we have, a new life, and it's assured for us. It cannot fail because it's caught up with Christ. Israel, they failed. The life that we've been born into from darkness to light is one that's been won for us by the Lord Jesus and it cannot fail. We've been brought from darkness where sin and death seek to silence God and silence God's praise. But that's defeated in Christ and we're brought into an existence where we will praise God for eternity, non-stop, never-ending. That's the vision that 
we have for us in Revelation chapter 5. This is where we're going. This is where we're going as people together. Let's have a look. Revelation 5. Then I looked up and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. And if you read around that, you'll hear that that just keeps going on around and around and the, the, the whole of the universe of all existence is there just rumbling with praise to the Lamb who was slain. And again and again and again, we're caught up as those who are the, the ones who praise to one another the excellencies of God and what he's done for us. And we do that for eternity. Now we think, oh goodness, I thought all eternities, we've got a chance to do something else, like on a day. Like, that's just picture language, isn't it? Like it's not really quite like that. I mean, sure there's a day off you can go to the beach. But we just don't get that the best thing you could be doing is actually magnifying the God who's made heaven and earth, the beach, the universe and all existence. How infected by sin this world is. And it's true that now, coming back to our reality, we don't live like that, do we? Despite the fact that if we believe in Jesus, we're being called into a new existence. Probably you'd label our praise as a failure. And probably unacceptable. Like if your job was to be a chosen person, a special possession, to praise God's name, that's your job. How do you reckon it's going for you? Do you reckon you get a performance review and, an, and a promotion? My guess is no. I reckon, my guess is that for some of us, our praise of God is limited to probably an hour and a half, 15 minutes on a Sunday. It's just we're just not good at it. It really wars against us. But Jesus has won our praise with God. See, the Jews, the the Israelites, their praise was in the end unacceptable to God. They just didn't praise God. But look what Peter says back earlier in the the verse, in in the chapter, in verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. How are they acceptable to God? They're acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We offer up a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God when we gather together uh, and when we're living out in the world and we fail at it. But Jesus sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving on our behalf never fails and it's in him that we'll praise God for all eternity. That's where our assurance is, not our performance of how good we do it 
not our performance of how many times we talk about God in a week or not, but that it's caught up in Jesus. He's, he's done it and completed it. And so therefore, get praising God. Get praising God, not because your performance counts, but because he has done so much for us in Christ. Get praising God. I've got two things, final things to say under get praising God. Singing and speaking. Uh, praising, you may not have grasped it, is actually not really about singing. Uh, it's about making God known to each other and reminding each other of what God's done in lots of different uh, ways. But singing is one of them. And when we gather to sing God's praises, we are singing to each other. We are lifting our voices so that we can hear each other blasting out praise for God and how good he is. And our musicians work hard to help us do that, to help us to to praise God to each other. It's great to have beautiful music and that's good, but it's vital that we lift our voices and praise God. And it doesn't matter whether you can sing in key or out of key. It doesn't matter whether you sing all the keys all at once. It doesn't matter whether you sing in the key of of gravel. Uh, Lift your voice and praise so that other people can hear it. And they go, this guy actually believes what they're singing. I just thought he was, but he's actually singing that. These people actually believe this. Look, they're actually putting their energy into it. God has brought us from darkness to light. And as we lift our voices, we're testifying to the world his goodness. Speaking is much harder. Speaking to one another in conversations that point each other to God is so countercultural. Um, and we don't do well, but let's keep working at it. It's something that we need to work out because we're infected by sin, but sin cannot thwart God's purposes for bringing his praise. So get praising even in the face of sin and failure. When we speak to each other and we recognise sin and we, we confess sin, we recognise that we're infected by sin, it doesn't drive us to despair and silence as Satan would want us to do, to suffer in silence with our sin. But as we speak to each other, of God's mercies in forgiveness. We're actually praising God and we are defeating and continuing the defeat that God has won over sin and death, even over my failures. And how wonderful God is that he might be even able to be merciful to me. And when we're blighted and battered by life's difficulties with aches and pains, fears and worries... Uh, for loneliness or loss, financial loss, loss of relationship, loss of loved ones. They are real conditions that are worthy of lament where we should cry out to God for help. But they are also the situations of life where God loves to have his praise ring out, where we, we praise God that even in the face of these things we, we love him and we're devoted to him and we want each other to know 
how wonderful it is to praise God. He's been good to us even though things have been difficult. Well, how do we do this as well? One way forward with each other. I reckon use songs with each other. Oh, they're not up there. Um, if you could, you've got them on Spotify, the lyrics are for the songs that we sing, you could probably even snap um, just a photo of them and just take them home and read through them during the week and say them out loud and then say them out loud to others. Oh, these are some of the songs that I've been really enjoying this week and some of the lines that you've been enjoying. And so um, one of the ones that always comes, I come back to is Never Alone. Christ is here. Emmanuel, our God come near, never alone. For to our world, Jesus has come. Isn't that fantastic? If you don't have words, songmakers have put in such a big effort to come up with good words. Use them and speak them to one another. Praise. It's God's way of making him bigger in a world that wants to make him smaller. Let's pray that we might be that praise. Lord, thank you for your mercy upon us, for bringing us from death to life, to praise your name. Now and into eternity, give us your vision for our speaking and seeing that we might be those who live to praise Christ and to speak out your saving works to each other and to the world. Forgive us for our failures to use our words for your praise. Keep us from giving into the desires of this world and help us to spur one another on to speak of your glories. And we do ask in Jesus' name. Amen.